It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Oh, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on a Wednesday edition of the Full Court Press. Two hours of the Full Court Press now. Four to six on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. i uh, love to hear from you on the show today. Full Court Press text line is open for business. Love to hear your questions, your thoughts uh, about what's going on. Today we're going to be... Um, Hearing another one of the coaches from Region 11 High School Football, Coach Chris Howell will complete our trip around Region 11 uh, as he'll shed some light on the Skyview Bobcats. And later in the show, we'll provide our own predictions of how we think things might end up, at least the order of how the uh, schools here in Region 11 uh, will end up, provide our own rankings, and certainly love to get yours as well. Uh, we've got number eight in our top 25 Aggies of the 2022 football season that we will reveal and discuss his impact on the team. Uh, there's some Aggies in the NFL trying to make some NFL rosters. And a uh, couple of guys that were not drafted are definitely making a case to uh, to stay on and and deserve to be part of the roster. So... We'll talk about that and some interesting Aggie, former Aggies, uh, in the news ahead of uh, another weekend of a preseason football in the NFL. So a lot to get through today, Jason. Yeah, lots of small topics. It's one of those days where you know Monday we just had like the one big topic. Today it's a bunch of smaller topics that we're going to be jumping through. You know, jumping from one thing to another. But obviously, like you said, a lot to get to, and a lot of fun things to talk about. Yeah, uh, and one of the two is. Paris Bass, you know, who is he? Uh, reports that Utah Jazz have signed him to a deal, uh, and you know, how can he potentially help the Jazz, or is this just uh, another body to put deep on the bench and develop? Yep, maybe it's it's another like. I guess my first thought was an international signing, but it's not. It, he's he's not really played internationally, but it's another guy that you know they sign, and you're like. Who the heck is that? <laughs> so that that may be a hint as to how likely he is to make an impact. But sometimes those guys end up being just fine. You know, Joe Ingles is kind of like that. It's like, who the heck is Joe Ingles? Oh, he's just one of the better jazz players, more beloved jazz players of the last, you know, 20 years. So That's all. That's all. Yeah. Not, no biggie. No big deal. Uh, so... A lot of different things to kind of cover today here on the Full Court Press. Also, should mention it's uh, apparently National S'mores Day. S'mores are overrated. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I was just going to ask you how you like your s'mores, and you give me – you come out with the s'mores are overrated? I'm coming out swinging today. Oh, my word. You know, a guy not... wins a bunch of pick sixes, and he feels like he owns the place around here. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I, I'm not saying s'mores are bad. Not by any means. But they are kind of overrated. Okay, so what's the best way to do a s'mores? A, a s'more, I guess, is one. <laughs> well, the best way to do it is to eat it. Well, <laughs> do you go with the, uh, the larger than normal marshmallow, typical size? Do people do it with the small marshmallows? Uh, I've, well, I've never seen anybody do it with the small minis. I don't know if you can do it that way. That would be a treat. Uh, I'd be impressed if somebody managed to do that. That's true. That would be quite a feat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, lightly toasted, nice golden brown, uh, which is really tricky to do because uh, usually the s'mores process is lighting four marshmallows on fire before you finally <laughs> before you get the right. The, the problem is if you're impatient, you will end up lighting it on fire. You have to be patient, you know, to get a good s'more. And then you wave it around like you're the Statue of Liberty or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> um, and I'm and I'm not patient, uh, which is part of the problem. Is when I say s'mores are overrated, it takes a long time to get what is a decent treat. So it's it's the amount of effort to get something that isn't like you know the best thing in the world. See, that's what makes it. That's the payoff for me. It's like you spend the time. You got to find the right pocket there of hot coals, turning it over, get that right golden brown color all the way around. Okay, but like I said, it's only decent. Like that, that'd be good if it was like this ultimate payoff. But it's not like you know the pinnacle of desserts. So, and it's also really hard to eat because it gets really sticky. And then <laughs> oh. you know when you're out camping, where do you wash your hands? I don't know if you're next to a creek or something. You but... stick it in your mouth. You, you suck them off. Okay, you, you can't know? like lick your sticky fingers and fix that. That never solves the problem. <laughs> a little dirt doesn't kill anybody. It's not the dirt, it's the fact that your hands will still be sticky after licking them. <laughs> that's partially true. Yeah, that's 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 the problem. Like I said, they're not bad by any means. I will not knock s'mores in and of themselves. Just say they're a little overrated. I don't know that I'm a really big like Hershey's uh you know, the the bars and you, you break off the, 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 the squares to put between the graham crackers because the Hershey it's just too thick. And it's just, it's too much. So I'm more of a find a cookie that, uh, or, or a cracker that has a cookie or a chocolate coating. Yeah, like that, EL fudge. Yeah, that's the innovation that I that I was uh, introduced to maybe a couple years back. People were doing that. I was like, okay, I think that kind of raises the floor a little bit. It makes it a little easier to eat because, you know, the chocolate's maybe not falling out on accident. The graham cracker's not snapping in half and making it tricky. And it, it definitely, you know... It definitely helps. That's the way to do it. Or if you're lucky enough to find some chocolate-covered graham crackers. I don't know if I've ever seen those. Oh, those those could be delicious. Hmm. But they're not overrated. Yes, they are. It has a it has a <laughs> national day for a reason. Okay, there's a lot of things that have a national day that do not deserve them. Well, there's a national there's race your mouse around the icons day. Or at least a website told me that once. <laughs> when I looked it up. Um hey also the um forgot to mention this earlier in our in our show prep but the uh, Field of Dreams game this year. Did you see it last year? I didn't see it um I don't know what I was doing cuz I took time to at least watch the video the the opening they did. Maybe I saw it after the fact. I think it's a really cool idea. Um and it's something I'm not surprised they're going to keep doing. Um, again, we'll see if I'm able to 
to watch. It's not happening today, is it? No, it's tomorrow. Okay. I was about to say, did I miss it already? Yeah, yeah you're not too late. <laughs> Uh, I, it will be on Fox. Yeah. I think I missed the fanfare because last year there was a lot of buildup to it, and this year I guess I just missed it. Um, at least, least the buildup, I guess, because I hadn't heard it, that it was happening, uh, or I hadn't heard that it was happening tomorrow. Every every iteration that now follows will likely pale in comparison to what happened last year. Yeah, that, that is true. It was so magical, so beautifully done, the open... You know, Kevin Costner walking through the cornfield and coming on, and they had the music and the narrations. Like, oh, my gosh. See, the funny thing is that I felt some of those emotions, even though um, I've not seen the movie. (laughs) What What is going on today? I've not watched a whole lot of sports movies, to be honest. I've watched a few. First you're bagging on s'mores. Now you've never seen Field of Dreams? One of the things you should know about me is that if you say, have you seen this movie? There's about a 90% chance the answer is no. <laughs> Not a big movie guy. Not really. I don't dislike movies. I just don't really go out and see them. I don't seek them out. They usually have to come to me. You have to stumble across them? Yeah. Like, I mean, I went and saw like all the Marvel movies, but that's because I usually ended up going with my brother. He wanted to go see them, so I went with him. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have watched most of them. In fact, the movies that I didn't watch of the Marvel saga were the ones when my brother was away and so i didn't go see those movies because he wasn't around to take me to them or to, drag to, to go along. with him so there's a couple in there that i didn't end up seeing i think it was like black panther and um oh there's one other movie i think i didn't see the black widow movie well, the black panther is among the best of all of them see, that's it's just, and I guess I, I guess I just haven't seen the two that have black in them. I guess that, that's probably a <laughs> bad thing to admit. <laughs> so if you're going to stumble across the Field of Dreams game tomorrow, have, have your television stumble across Fox, uh, Dyersville, Iowa. And so this year uh, it, it's going to be uh, the Cubs and the Reds. Uh, National League Central rivals kind of uh, there's a bit of a rivalry there are either of those teams good this year not particularly i know the cubs aren't i don't think the reds are i i've honestly i checked out on a lot of the major league baseball standings a while ago but they're gonna go with some classic looking jerseys it's it's a cool thing to do i i guess this is They've done like um, there's like a college version I guess that they're doing, and then the Major League Baseball version. Um, I like that it's that, that that it's been done, but by doing it every year, does it start to take away part of the nostalgia? Perhaps a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's something you can do on a yearly basis. Maybe not with the same fanfares they did last year with every year doing the opening and walking. Well, they could probably still do walking out of the cornfield. But yeah, it will Kevin never. Kevin Costner's not going to be there every Yeah, he's year. not going to do it every year where he walks out and stares around at the field and all that and everyone walks in. They'll probably still do, the, like I said, the same opening where the players walk out. But yeah, it will never have the same magic, but I think it's something they can pull off every year. And it's a nice remembrance because it's once a year and, you know, you can at least, you know, Tickle the nostalgia bone a little bit for some people. And it, it's not going to be a bad thing. It's not going to degrade from, you know, 
the emotions that people have had with that movie and you know again it won't degrade from the nostalgia it just won't be the same you know it's like maybe the first Jackie Robinson day you know every every you know every year it's just something we do now yeah that's true um and so eventually it'll be something we do we have the the field of dreams game um so it'll be uh, pregame starts tomorrow at 4 first pitch scheduled for about 5:15 so there'll be plenty of lead up uh, so to can, the game itself so you can watch it in the middle of our show yeah, that's like true. I can keep an eye on it and watch the Cubs lose or play badly. <laughs> uh, play Joe, badly and win, maybe? Yeah, it is Joe, the Reds. Joe Davis and John Smoltz will be on the call. Um, look, I I loved what happened last year, and, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to really watch it this year because I just want to keep that one game in my memory. Not only was the, the, the lead-up to it magical, it was a great game and it had a dramatic finish. Like it was, you couldn't ask for anything better. The way that it all came together, it was so magical and so great. The the way everything played out, it's like why why do we have to keep bringing that back? You're not going to be able to recapture what happened a year ago. Let's just enjoy it for what it was, and just leave it there. Well, but I have the answer. If it's going to become a regular thing, then eh, okay. I mean, we're going to trot out every team over a certain span and throw out whatever kind of old jersey they can come up with and give them their due, eh, it just, okay, it just starts to lose its luster for me. Yeah, like I said, those things are going to happen. The answer to the question is money. Well. That's why. Yes, It's a production true. thing. And because it has, you know, it's an iconic type of thing. It's got an iconic title now. They're going to try it out for money. So... It is, in some ways, at least from now, it's going to be a little more cynically driven as far as we're doing this for money. Oh, and I'm not saying the first one wasn't driven for money because obviously they wanted to take advantage of it, but they did. A, they clearly did a great job at, you know, presenting the game in a way that was beneficial for fans. And so it is going to become a little more commercialized. It is going to become a little more, you know, kind of like the Thanksgiving and Christmas things where they're just kind of, you know... They're not special, they're just things that we do. So, and yeah, they're going to take advantage of having each team with their classic jerseys and sell those jerseys and yada, yada, yada. And every team's going to you know, play in the Field of Dreams. We're going to start keeping track of who's had the best game in the Field of Dreams game. And But it'll be a tradition, and traditions aren't necessarily bad. No, and I get that it, baseball has some unique ways of of uh, celebrating its history and traditions in ways that other sports don't. And so the playing a field of dreams game once a year, which only features two teams um, and throwing out a nostalgia, nostalgic uniforms gives us a chance to, you know, look back on um, some of the great aspects of baseball's history and doing it in a very unique setting, which, Makes it tough for some other sports to be able to do pull off. You'll know it'll get crazy when they start doing Field of Dreams double headers. <laughs> if they start doing that, you know they're really, they're really pushing it. So I uh, just looked at the standings. Cubs and uh, and Reds are actually neck and neck, deep on the bottom of the Central. <laughs> I was about to say, where standings. are they? Where are they neck and neck in the middle, at the top, or down at the bottom? Uh, Cubs are fifteen and a half games behind St. Louis. Cincinnati is 16 and a half. Uh, but the Cubs jerseys, I think they look awesome. Uh, I love that look. But um, 
It's a kind of the cream color jersey, similar to what they wore in 1929. Uh, it's going to have the old school C, which really looks like the Chicago Bears C, with the little bear cub holding the bat. Um, and then uh, the Reds pinstripe uh, with the white and navy pinstripes, kind of their classic C logo with reds embroidered across the chest. So it, it will look cool. And, um, you know, it, optics will be there. Whether it'll be a really good game, I don't know, because both of these teams are really not good. I mean, when you get two bad but, teams, you can have a good game. Well, that's true. You don't least, know what's going to happen. a competitive game, if not a good game. <laughs> uh, Reds will be designated as the home team. Um, but, uh, again, pregame will be at 4 and uh, first pitch around 5.15. But, uh, it's like an hour and a half of pregame for this? For a Cubs and Reds game? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And like I said, it'll be an hour and a half because first pitch won't happen at 5.15. That's when it's scheduled. So it'll be mostly like a, a one-hour pregame, and then they'll go through the national anthem with starting lineups and then first pitch. Yeah, I don't know. My... I don't know if I've presented my conspiracy theory yet on, uh, you know, start times for games, but I'm pretty sure they purposefully, you know, never start on time so that when you tune in at 7 o'clock, they don't go for another 15 minutes so that they can shove in 15 minutes of pregame advertisements. (laughs) You know, the pregame show and the advertisements that go with them and the two commercial breaks. I'm pretty sure that's why games never start on time. You're trying to add more. Yeah, basically to, it's basically to trick you into watching, which there have been times, RSL used to do this, where they'd tweet out, you know, here's today's game, and they'd have a start time of 7 o'clock, but they'd put in their little graphic, 6.30. Now, they wouldn't say game starts at 6.30. A lot of times, maybe they put coverage starts at 6.30, but they basically try to trick you into tuning in at 6.30 so you'd watch their stupid pregame. I'm not to say RSL's pregame is stupid. I'm using that collectively <laughs> on all pregames, except for the ones that happen on KVNU right. for Utah State with yeah. Al. Yeah, those are always the best. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's it's still when it comes down to it, it's a ball game in the middle of a cornfield, and classic logos, classic jerseys, and it's it's a chance to celebrate history of baseball in a way that is very unique. So for that, an ongoing Field of Dreams game is cool, but it will it will be really really hard to uh, to beat what happened a year ago. There was a walk off homer. I mean, just to end it, you had an incredible start of everything. It was a close close game, but uh, anyway, tomorrow on Fox pregame at four, first pitch at uh, about five fifteen, theoretically for those who yeah really want to. <laughs> Try to guess when it will really start. Good luck with that. Um, let's do this. We're going to need to take a time out here in the full court press. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into number eight on our list of top 25 Aggies. Getting into the top 10 it actually is quite exciting uh, for me because we really start to kind of get into the nitty gritty as to why one player may be ahead of another. As we said before, when you get from like the low teens to, to 25, there's a lot of arbitrary placement of where people end up. But when you get into the top 10, uh, it, it's you can start to make some really compelling arguments as to why they are ranked the way that they are or 
too high or too low based on what you voted. So we'll reveal who that is coming up next. We'll also have an interview with Chris Howell, head coach of the Skyview Bobcats, previewing his team's upcoming season, which begins on Friday at home against Salem Hills. Uh, by the way, just I, I don't know why I didn't catch this earlier, but I found out today the Logan High home opener won't be at home. The season opener will be actually at Green Canyon High School. They're uh, doing some construction on the track and have been all summer long, and it's not done yet. So the Logan Grizzlies home opener against Viewmont will actually be played at Green Canyon High School. So for everybody wanting to go check out the Grizzlies game one, uh, head to North Logan, not to Logan. So little public service announcement out there for those <laughs> wanting to go see that first game. Green Canyon is going to be on the road down in southern Utah, so their venue is open and uh, really probably the closest venue for the Grizzlies to use. So nice of Green Canyon to let them use their field. Yeah, certainly. A lot of these high schools are really willing to let other teams use their field. I know Utah State Soccer had to use a couple of high school fields. I think they went to either Ridgeland or Green Canyon. Oh, right. Um, their field had some issues with some of the weather uh, last season. got a little wet, so they had to move a couple of different places. Uh, all right, so we'll reveal number eight in our list and uh, hear from Coach Howell a little bit later on. Uh, we'll provide an update on Aggies in the NFL, those trying to make training camps and have opportunities to do some things uh, this coming weekend in some preseason games. So that's all coming up, as well as a uh, ranking of Region 11 football teams trying to predict the rankings of the uh, teams in Region 11 coming up on the Full Court Press. Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, the Cash Valley Media Group would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears. We just think it would be a cool story. Here at the Cash Valley Media Group, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow, and we could use some more help. So, if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience or any of the previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to sales at cvradio.com. That's sales at cvradio.com. Or drop it off at our office, Monday through Friday between 8 and 5. The Cash Valley Media Group is an equal opportunity employer and scared of bears. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. 
I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays. They're at 695 North Main in Logan. Quick, clean, easy, just how it should be when it comes to getting an oil change. Stop in today or really any day this week, including Sundays. Uh, 426, we almost hit at 425. We haven't been very good hitting yeah, we, our mark at 425. Yeah, we said 425, and every week it's 427, 430. But you I'm know. just trying to do what you said these uh, pregame shows usually do. Just trying to cram in more <laughs> spots. More ads. Get them tuned in at 425. Get them to listen to two minutes of ads and then put it on. And then play it. Uh, so, but without further ado, let's get to it. Number eight on our top 25 Aggies for 2022 football season. To introduce who it is, Hall of Famer Al Lewis does the work. Number eight on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players for this year is Johnny Carter, number 12, and this year at cornerback. That's a move Utah State has made during the offseason and into this new season to hopefully make better and more plays for the defensive side because, as you saw last year, Johnny Carter, when there was a play to be made, he was around the place. He had three passes intercepted to lead the Aggie team last year, recovered a fumble, and he also ended up with three tackles for a loss and two sacks along the way. But Johnny Carter never started a game last year, but was always involved in the mix, including seven tackles against Oregon State, and he had eight tackles against San Diego State in the championship game. So towards the end of the last year, even though not a starter, he's making big plays. He's a speedster, came here as a relay team state champion winner from the state of Texas, a wide receiver, but mostly saw times on special teams until big plays last year. So number eight on our list, a Johnny Carter. I like a Johnny Carter at this position. I think that he is... His role got bigger last year, and I anticipate it will get even bigger coming into this season. Just that move to corner provides, well, will give him more opportunities to make plays as a starter, as a ball hawk, as somebody who can make a difference on the defense for Utah State. Uh, he's Phil Steele, first team all Mountain West, absolutely deserves, in my mind, to be recognized in that kind of company. Yeah, I'll be honest. I had him a little lower in my initial top 25. I mean, it was only down to 13 as opposed to number 8 here. But honestly, the more I've kind of seen of him and the more I've thought about and looked at it, I think I probably undersold him a little bit on my own list. 
Um, I had him as the third third corner, which I guess maybe speaks volumes that I had three Utah State corners in the top 13. Um, but yeah, he could end up being the best corner on Utah State this upcoming season. Uh, and we've talked about this a lot where he's a little taller and he's going to give some, you know, add some versatility. It's not that he's just another talented corner on this team. It's that he has some physical tools that we haven't seen uh, corner at Utah State in a while. So there's some really good potential for Carter this season where he's going into his you know second season as a major contributor in the defensive backfield. And he is one of those guys that's stepping up. Cause as Al mentioned, you know, he didn't start a game. Uh, was a contributor, you know, 45 tackles. But now he's stepping into a major role. He's going to get relied on a lot. I imagine he'll end up taking some of the big matchups at corner. Uh, so he's going to have to face some of the toughest receivers in the conference, at least, you know, among the teams Utah State plays. So he could end up having, you know, if he does really well against those guys and maybe becomes a shutdown corner, then that just raises the potential of this defense by, I don't know, it'd be hard to measure how much, you know, how big that would be for Utah State. And we've talked about this before, how the, the, the defense for Utah State got progressively better as the season went on. I think we have to take the Wyoming game as an outlier and just kind of toss that one out the door. But every other game uh, is the second half, particularly the, the, the back third of the season, that defense really affected the game and how they were applying pressures and how they uh, made a difference in how Utah State was winning games, uh, not just because making big plays with some dynamic wide receivers, but it was the defense making big plays. And Johnny Carter, absolutely part of that. Seven tackles in the Mountain West Championship game against San Diego State. Another seven tackles against uh, Oregon State in the bowl game. So the way he came along as a difference maker and somebody who could uh, really be a disruptor on defense. Uh, I had him at number six on my list. I'm, I'm very high on Johnny Carter and how he can, and how he's developing and growing as a defensive presence for USU. And uh, just at this new position, coaches are very high on his length and athleticism and how he can match up against a pony, uh, opposing wide receivers who may be a little bit bigger and more physical, he's the guy that can draw that assignment and I think can effectively do it. Yeah, and I think he's going to be one of the guys that I maybe try and specifically watch some matchups uh, in the scrimmage. Try and see, you know, when he's going up against Brian Cobbs. I think he might have given up the initial Brian Cobbs uh, reception. I Maybe I'd have to go back to the video. I took it that see if, if a Johnny Carter was the corner. But, I mean, he was going against the first-team guys, which – as I've mentioned, the first team guys didn't do very much. And I wonder if Carter had something to do with that. You know, covering him very well and contesting a lot of those passes. So if he's been having a good camp and kind of shutting some of these guys down a little bit, that's a, that's a really good sign. I uh, totally agree. So uh, Johnny Carter on our list coming in at number eight. Do you uh, agree with his placement? Do you think he should be ranked higher or lower on our list of top 25 Aggies for 2022, 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on uh, Johnny Carter and his impact for Utah State football. Uh, coming up next on the Full Court Press, we'll get to an interview that we were able to do with Chris Howell, head coach for the Skyview Bobcats. They have their home opener against Salem Hills on Friday, and uh, this is a team with a lot of question marks 
as to who's going to fill various uh, positions. We'll see if we can get Coach to answer some of those. But it's also a team that has a rich culture and has become a real program, especially in the northern part of Cache Valley. See if they can continue that uh, run of success. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from Chem Drive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. The long NFL contracts are dumb, but still the point is the same. Like you're under contract for five years you wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the mountains of Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Utah. The deserts of Arizona and Nevada. The Pacific coasts of Washington, Oregon, and California. To the wilderness of Alaska and islands of Hawaii and Guam. We are here for our hometowns. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Skyview Bobcats are certainly no strangers to success. Multiple uh, state titles. They've had a lot of great athletes come out of that program. What's this year going to look like? It's got a lot of us wondering. And this is just what happens every year when we look at a new high school football season. To help us understand more about their, their team this year and the season in front of them, Chris Howell is the head coach for the Bobcats. Coach, thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come and chat with you a little bit. So, Coach, uh, this is a team that, Great season last year, just a little bit short against Dixie in the state playoffs last year. Those those heartbreaking close losses seem to sting a little bit more than blowouts do. But since that time, what's it been like trying to build the team and prepare for an, a new season for Skyview? Yeah, that's a great question, and you're exactly right. Like I look back at 
kind of the end of that game scenario and some of the things I could have done differently and definitely use that as a learning opportunity and um, you know hopefully we'll get better because of it but we uh, you know we felt like we took a step backwards a little bit last year we didn't have quite the season that we had had the two previous years um, obviously we our non our non-conference schedule our non-region schedule was just brutal last year and uh, played into that a little bit but um, you know, so we, we addressed a couple things in the offseason. We, we approached the offseason a little bit differently. Um, we spent a lot of time with our team and with our kids studying some of the mistakes that we made collectively last year, offensively and defensively. Uh, we looked at some schematic things we felt like we could improve and, and alter a little bit. And our kids have really bought into that. They've worked extremely hard in the weight room. Uh, we don't return a lot of guys with uh, so-called starting experience from last year. We do have a lot of guys that, that took varsity reps. Um, but our guys have great energy right now, and they're really excited to play. Uh, I really, really like this team a lot, and so I'm excited to see um, you know, what type of team they become. So you mentioned having a lot of guys that um, have varsity experience but not necessarily the starting experience, which I guess, I guess is valuable because I think you're only returning like three or four, I guess, starters, yeah. quote-unquote. So, like, what's how yep. close is it between like a starter and somebody who just has reps? So, speak. How close are those guys are in terms of just you know yeah. experience? Yeah. So we, um, I would call a starter somebody that obviously starts the game and then plays the majority of reps in a game. We have, a, we rotate a lot of guys on defense, especially with our front three, uh, especially on long drives, those types of things. And so we have a lot of guys that were in the rotation last year. Um, who would play, you know, two, three reps at a time uh, and then rotate out. Uh, we have a number of receivers in um, Michael Ferguson and Brooks Rigby and Brighton Williams that played a lot of football last night, or, or last night, last year uh, in their spot, but just weren't kind of the main guys. So they, you know, the learning curve is less. They understand the scheme. Uh, they know what we're trying to accomplish. It's just the, kind of the every down concept. That, that we don't have. And so we have guys, uh, plenty of guys with varsity experience, just not kind of that consistent long-term experience that, that you look for as far as kind of a returning starter, so to speak. Uh, again, we're talking to Chris Howell, head coach for the Skyview Bobcats. And uh, with that, Coach, how many developing or trying to identify who your starters are that's always one of the, the battles that sometimes get overblown from guys like us. <laughs> but looking at trying to identify who is a starter over somebody else, uh, how do you determine that? Uh, and is that something that can be fluid and, and still somewhat adjusting as the season goes? Or at this point you're like, these are my guys, i got to roll with my guys? No, that's um, yeah, it's definitely a fluid situation, and it totally depends on the position and the um, – Kind of the, the people that are battling for that spot, uh, the, their experience level. Because if you you know you have an older kid and a young kid who's just kind of learning it and developing it and learning um, to master his skill or his position, um, you know there's a lot of growth from the first of the year to the end of the year. And our goal, especially in you know skill spots outside of uh, say the quarterback spot, um, you know we're trying to develop a lot those guys because we feel like the more depth we have the the more guys that can rotate at spots and play 
uh, the better we're going to be. And that's that's kind of the here is we have a lot of things that are really close, and so we feel we feel confident would be to playing in playing a lot of kids uh, at certain positions. So, coach, we've kind of touched on some of your uh, uh, recent success. I mean, you kind of created a an act that's tough for you to follow. I mean, you won back-to-back titles. You won, I think, 27 straight games. Uh, I don't know if I have that number exactly right, but, like, how do you go about following up that kind of, you know, you know, great success in such a short period of time? Yeah. Well, you can't be content. I know that because um, one of the things that, that we learned the hard way last year is that, you know, everybody wants to beat you. Everybody's going to get their your or there, you're going to get everybody's best shot. You have a bullseye on you, all those things. And so you have to continue to evolve and improve as a program and stay hungry. Um, it's one thing to get to the top of the mountain. It's a, it's a lot more difficult challenge to stay there. And so um, the challenge for us now, because these kids, although some of them experienced, went through that process, you know, they weren't necessarily contributors. And so they're just like everybody else now where they got to fight to the top. And, um, you know, we, we have pushed these guys extremely hard. We're trying to practice and play uh, with a different type of intensity. And, um, you know, we're hoping that that, that pushes us or elevates uh, a level play with. Um, and, and hopefully it pays off in the long run. So kind of touching on this again, like as far as like having this success like long term, you have these high school football like dynasties. I'm kind of curious, like your thoughts on how these happen, because you'd think with high school with players rotating in and out, you know, they only stay for three, four years. Like, how does that kind of thing happen in high school when there's so much player rotation? How do you keep being successful year after year after year? Well, you have a string of really good players that come through. That's a, um, you know, all the players make plays. Coaches don't make any of them. And so all of the – you look really good when you have really good players. And so the best thing to have happen for you is to have good players come through. But the next thing is that kids learn how to win and how to compete and, and be successful. And I think that's something that, um, you know, even your less talented groups can learn and still achieve by learning how to fight and compete and all those things. And then I think just um, – we spend a lot of time in our program talking about culture and, um, you know, winning culture and creating a, a culture that kids want to be a part of. And if they want to be a part of and they feel safe there, then, then they're, they're more likely to play harder and uh, play for the team and play for each other. And so we spend a lot of time talking about those types of things and teaching and, and hopefully modeling those things as well. Well, certainly there's been a culture of great quarterbacks over the years at Skyview, but there's a bit of a question as to who that will be under center for Skyview. Have you been able to identify who your starting quarterback is going to be at this point? Yeah, we're uh, you know we're still in the process of doing that. We uh, I don't really want to name a starter yet. We're kind of trying to hold off until Friday. Um, not that it really matters because Salem Hills doesn't necessarily know us that well. Um, we're going to kind of hold off. We have two juniors that have had unbelievable off seasons. They're both uh, two and three sport athletes. They spend a, a ton of time working at their craft. They're great team oriented kids who care a great deal about the program, uh, who have competed and, and done everything we've asked them to do. 
And so now, um, you know, one of them's going to get an opportunity, and then the other one's going to going to look for ways that he can help us um, at other positions and be ready to go if something happens or something changes, and uh, continue to compete and battle there. Um, I, I I couldn't say enough about those two kids and how proud I am of them and of the way they've kind of approached this quarterback competition and uh, and will continue to compete. They're both uh, incredible young men. So I kind of wanted to ask about kind of Skyview in relation to some other schools or kind of specifically like Green Canyon and also a little bit about Ridgeland because there's some schools that have been here for a long time, you know, Mountain Crest, Logan, and in Skyview, they've been here forever. I'm curious what you, your thoughts yeah. are, the addition of Green Canyon and Ridgeline, like how that's created rivalries. Because it feels like yeah. now you got two cross-town rivalries. Do you feel like that's kind of added to the dynamic of, of the Cache Valley, you know, sports area? Yeah, absolutely. I So I had the opportunity to, you know, be the first football coach at Ridgeline uh, when they opened that school. And then I was the athletic director there for a couple of years and I enjoyed my time there. And it's been really fun to see – uh, the new rivalries develop, and also the quality of uh, football programs at those two new schools or newer schools. Um, you know, both schools have, have really good athletes, and they both have great coaches now and are highly competitive. Obviously, you know, Ridgeline had a great run last year, and Coach Cox does a great job, and they had great athletes. Um, but, man, there's not a week off in this in this region now where a the kids aren't playing people that they grew up competing against and b playing against really good programs so there's no weeks off and i really believe that it makes um it makes our region better and our classification better and i think it's one of the reasons why the state champion has come from our region the last three years is because there's such good football being played here in our region Besides that, there's a lot of these coaches who are from here, who grew up here, yeah. played here, and uh, you're yeah. certainly in that mix as well. So that just adds yeah. a whole other layer to how yeah. this region is uh, can be a lot of fun any Friday. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, the the cool thing for me is so I you know I was Coach Anders' defensive coordinator for for three years when he was the head coach, um, uh, Coach Cox coached with me at Ridgeline, so I know him well. You know, I, t- I know the type of character of, of these men and, and the way they're coaching the kids. And so, you know, we, we want to beat each other uh, as coaches as well. You know, we're, we're friends off the field and we have good relationships, but, man, that week it's, it's, a, it's a big deal for us. And so I love the environment. Uh, obviously the school communities are, are fantastic and people want to win for their, you know, for their portion of the Valley and, and – uh, and it's it's great football every Friday night here, Coach. Last question for me: Just uh, you had mentioned Salem Hills. You opened the season against them uh, this Friday, but your non-region schedule. You got Wasatch Rigby proved to be a really good team out of Idaho a year ago. Mountain Ridge, yeah. you go on the road for them. When you put together your non-region schedule, generally, what's your philosophy about the type of teams that you like to to have your team go through? Yeah, so I I don't know if this is wrong or right. Um, what I, what I believe, you know, in the RPI system, I think, you know, if you wanted to just play for the RPI, you schedule teams regardless of classification who are going to win a lot of games. Um, so, but I, I, I've taken a little bit different approach. My approach is 
we want to play teams that are going to make us better and challenge us. And to me, uh, by playing three 5A teams and a 6A team, we're certainly going to get that. Um, we're going to play schools that are much larger than us. Uh, they'll have more depth than we do. And so we have to learn uh, to win or be successful in different ways. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of kids that play both ways. We have to condition a little bit better. We have to have better technique. We have to be tougher both mentally and physically. Um, and, and so if we, if we get these four weeks of the preseason, we feel like once we, again, go into the gauntlet of our region, that at least from a physical perspective, we'll match up um, better and maybe more prepared based off of the level of competition we've been playing in the previous four weeks. Well, we love hearing these games with uh, John Newbold and uh, and Rex Davis. Call the games for Skyview here on the fan. I look forward to doing that again and watching the games as well on Cash Valley Daily. And uh, wish you the best of success with the Bobcats this upcoming season. We'll uh, be watching it closely. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I love uh, John and Rex do a fantastic job. Um, John texts me quite or texts me emails me. Throughout the offseason, gets all fired up. I love the passion that John Newbold has for Skyview Athletics, and, and hopefully that carries over to the rest of us as well. So we're excited about this year. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Why schedule your appliance repair with Daryl's? Because we are factory trained and have experience in parts and stock to get your appliance fixed efficiently and quickly. Hi, I'm Brian, the service manager at Daryl's. We guarantee your satisfaction and promise to give you the five-star service you deserve. Remember, we can compete with their price, but they can't compete with our service. Daryl's, west on Airport Road. Open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturdays. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd. With Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM. 1390 AM. The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
Napa Auto Parts sponsors Dan Patrick Above the Noise coming up here in just a couple of minutes. At Napa, you can get a $20 rebate on the purchase of a Legend Automotive battery or a starter or alternator. And uh, while you're there, you just get stocked up on all the things that you need at Preston to Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Uh, appreciate Chris Howell for his time as uh, we've completed our trip around Region 11. And uh, this the Skyview team, which you alluded to in your article previewing uh, Region 11 football this season on Cash Valley Daily, uh, Skyview is is a program. There's, uh, I think that really speaks to a certain degree the coaches and what they were able to do, but I think to more of a degree about the community and the youth organization that is able to produce the talent the coaches can work with to have some success on the field. Yeah, it really does speak to the program because their success, you go back to 2015, so for the last basically six seasons, they've won region four times. They have a pair of state titles. Uh, they've gone through three coaches in that span. I say gone through, but like one of them you know, went to Green Canyon, one of them, I, mean, I believe, moved back to uh, Danilo Robinson, moved back to where he was from, and then Howell comes in. They're all great coaches, and they all kind of just moved on organically. So they've, gone, they've had three coaches and a similar level of success for all of them. So there's a common denominator, and that's just the program itself and the players and obviously the, the development process they have uh, with, with youth football. So they've got, they've got some really good stuff going on up there in Skyview. Yeah, so fun to hear what he had to say. If you missed it, you can go back and uh, listen to it. We'll have it posted on our podcast feed. Uh, in fact, actually, it's there right now. Uh, or you can go read Jason's article and hear what each individual coach had to say about their respective teams and uh, a little bit of an outlook on what their teams might look like for the upcoming season. Yeah, a bit of a try to be as comprehensive but also as constricted. I mean, I, it's six teams in one article, uh, and we topped 2,000 words. Uh, so <laughs> I keep putting out these bulk articles. I promise I don't normally write these these essays. Um, we'll, we'll get some shorter, more uh, digestible stuff from me soon. <laughs> the Jason uh, Walker opus every yeah. day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, if you only want to look up the one team, obviously it'll be about 400 words. So, what, What's nice is that you've, you've put together a little snapshot of what they did a year ago, comments from what coaches said to us on our, on our program, but then you can go and listen to the full interview with the coach uh, and get their feel for it. Because I think that's fun. And that's why I enjoy having these coaches on, because you get to hear from them. Yeah, you, you, there's certain coach speak that can happen in an interview that, that happens on a program like this. But what comes across is their passion for the game, their passion for their kids, uh, developing a program, and uh, the, the outlook for a new season. And right now, everybody's 0-0. Everybody's undefeated. So there's a real heightened sense of excitement coming into a new season. Well, one of the great things as far as going and looking at those interviews is if you look at the little capsules I wrote, the quotes are all pretty much just kind of about the team and some of the players. The interviews we did have more than that. They have some personality. You know, coaches are talking about, you know, some of their background or, you know, just, again, their personality shines through. And I didn't really put that in any of the articles because I was trying to condense it all and focus on the team this year as a team preview. I mean, especially with Craig Anders, some of the things he said, I loved his interview. And I didn't include really any of the fun parts in the in the in the capsule. So you can go and listen to those About and find boiling out. Boiling mouthpieces. Yeah, that, like that. <laughs> okay, that was like my favorite part of like all the interviews. Um, so 
lots of fun things aside from what I wrote. Right, and and I made it a point to ask each coach about the familiarity with each other. You know- and so go back and listen to it on Cash Valley I'm Dan Daily. Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When we talk about generational talents, many people turn to Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods. We often skip over one of the most dominant athletes of all time, Serena Williams. The women's tennis star has won a total of 39 Grand Slam titles. If you include doubles, she won four gold medals, won the 2017 Australian Open while being pregnant. But the star is now 40, and yesterday she announced this year's U.S. Open will probably be her final event. Without Williams, Women's tennis will never be the same. But we still have time to watch one of the greatest of all time compete in the sport that she dominated for over two decades. Williams has won the U.S. Open six times. And although she really hasn't been the same since tearing her hamstring in 2021, it's hard not to be intrigued by her final event. Because when she steps on center court at the end of August, it could be the last time we see one of the most dominant athletes of all time competing for a title. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.